0: So the big question is this. How these entrepreneurs who started from scratch and had no idea how to sell or market their products or services online and then later on made over 6 figures, 7 figures or even 8 figures became best in their niches and found their dream customers to sell. My name is RJ Himmat and find this all out in our Interviews with Entrepreneurs show. I interviewed these entrepreneurs and tried to pick their brain of how they actually did that and how. They took their business as well as their life to the next level. This podcast is all about the entrepreneurs who strive so hard to become super awesome in their niches. Welcome to Interviews with Entrepreneurs. Welcome to Interviews with Entrepreneurs Show, where we interview entrepreneurs who are super awesome in their niches. And guys, like today we are having a legend and OG of our space, which is crazy. And I'm humbled by his presence today. So he's often referred as the father of digital marketing for his pioneering role in the early days of online marketing. Among other things, he started the first ebook publishing company, the first online ad tracking company, the second PPC search engine, while the Google boys were still in the college, invented the first tracking pixel. The one and only Mark Jenner. Mark Jenner is the founder of 30-plus startups who now serve as the founder and CEO of Simpleology. Mark is the author of a dozen of books, print over 25 languages, four of which were bestsellers, seven of which are used as marketing textbooks in universities. And he has literally coached one of the best entrepreneurs we see in the space right now. So please welcome Mark Joyner. Hey Mark, Excellent. thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, great to have you, man. Great to be here.
0: Truly appreciate it. So, uh, like, for example, some people out there who are living under the rock or, like, haven't even born, you know, during the time when you started your journey out there, could you walk us through the journey, like, how you actually got into or, like, pioneered the digital marketing as we talked about?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll try to keep that brief. It's a it's a very yeah. long story, but um, you know I was entrepreneurial when I was very young, and uh, you know I, I had lots of you know various entrepreneurial activities when I was quite young, and I, I didn't really pursue that quite seriously. Um, when I was in the military, the internet was just sort of getting warmed up. Now I had been exposed to the internet when I was younger. I was exposed to something called the ARPANET, which was a predecessor to the internet. lot of people don't know that DARPA is where this came out of it was a military project to allow uninterrupted communications to occur and we used to use these teletype machines and these big you know earmuff modems to communicate back and forth and you know I had an uncle who was working uh, in the aerospace industry and he had access to an ARPANET machine and so that was my first sort of you know interaction with that I thought wow this is amazing I can talk with a computer you know miles and miles and miles away so that sort of seeded my mind. And then when the Internet first started you know, really blooming, I was in the military, and there was actually a predecessor to the Internet called bulletin board systems. Hmm. This is where you would call in to an individual computer, and uh, you would be able to, uh, it was usually like one person at a time, right? Unless somebody had a sophisticated setup where they had multiple modems, you could call in. You could be the only person calling into that computer at that one moment. Now, these bulletin board systems were all kind of networked and they would share a lot of information. So, if you posted something on one bulletin board system, sometimes it would proliferate to other bulletin board systems. So, I first started doing digital marketing on those bulletin board systems. This is, you know, in the early, early, early 90s, um, I think around 1990. And, uh, you know, I, I started selling things on. These bulletin board systems. I was selling, uh, you know, digital information products back then. Well, they weren't digital; they were print. You know, somebody would send me some money, and I would send them, like, you know, a few sheets of paper that had information on. It. So then, you know, I started getting more and more interested in the actual internet, and you know, I had, I, I was creating information about stuff that was interesting to me at first, and what I noticed was that. I was being more effective in getting my message out there than other people. And other people were always asking Hey, like I see you everywhere. Like, how are you effectively, you know, you know, marketing yourself on the internet? I was like marketing, is that what you call it? I didn't really know, <laughs> you know, what marketing was but I mean, I'd heard that word, but I thought, well, I'm just, I'm doing things to make my stuff seen and to sell my stuff that, okay. That's mm-hmm. what that is. So I, you know, when I first started doing this stuff, I was doing it all sort of by instinct, right? So I was applying things that I had learned, from military strategy, applying it metaphorically to, Mm -hmm. you know, what I was doing in business. And I was taking things that I learned from psychology and applying that to business. So subsequently I later codified this stuff in the book, mind control marketing, which is all about those basic principles that, you know, they turn out to have been things that are quite applicable to business. That playbook still works to this day, but that wasn't a very, you know, formal marketing, uh, guidebook, you know, I, I didn't really, I, I hadn't read all of this stuff from the old school direct marketers. I hadn't read any classic advertising texts or, you know, classic business texts at all. I was just, I was just kind of inventing things. And then what happened was, you know, as people were asking me more and more about what I was doing, I said, well, okay, I, people seem to want to know how I'm doing this, you know, you know, internet marketing that we called it back then. So I started, you know, I, I branded myself. I started signing my emails as internet marketing guru, right? You know, because <laughs> everybody yeah. was treating me like that. And then through demand, I started, you know, writing information and creating products to support that because I saw that, wow, this there's there's a big business in this. And the other thing that I, I remembered was I, I observed that, uh, you know, during the gold rush era in the United States, 1849 is the very famous uh, time period. Right. They, they called them the 49ers, right? The 49ers that's what the football team is named after by the way um you, you know they would go out west to try to mine gold and what happened was the people who were mining gold were not the people who were getting rich it was the people selling accessories what we now call pickaxes and shovels to the miners Yeah. True. I thought, oh wow this is like another gold rush era i need to start selling pickaxes and shovels to the miners so I started, you know, codifying a lot of the things that I was doing for digital marketing, creating uh, tools for them, and that was sort of my my first big, you know, explosion on the internet was when that happened.
0: Wow, wow, that is so cool! And like during that process and journey out there, you were able to went on and create the first ebook publishing company, like the, the very first funnel, which we call it right now, the very first upsell and downsell, which is like crazy. Like so many things happened to that. So like, uh, you know, at the moment, if you see other things been transitioned, like uh, when you talk about 90s, it's been around like more than 30 years at the moment, how yeah. things got transitioned. And like now things are super fast and like so many things have turned up and like so many other things happen. So like if you list down like three things, the things that have been changed from the past when you were in the space to where it is now, like what can you list down?
1: Wow. Okay. So um, off the top of my head, you know, immediately social media comes to mind,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, you that's,
1: you know, so one thing that we have to really understand that's important is that pre internet, all communication, you know, was mostly one way, right? All mass communication was one way and, you know, we could have, you know, back and forth communication, but it was through, you know, telegraph or phones, You know, it was like, you know, we had conference calls. That was a big deal. You know, you could have a few people on a conversation at one time all on the same phone line. Um, But for the most part, most communication, most mass communication was one to many, right? Yeah. So the Internet. So now what we've done is the, the, the big innovation here, to put it in the simplest possible terms, we've gone from one to many to many to many. Okay. Now, this doesn't seem like it's a very big shift, but it's actually an enormous shift. And, you know, I I knew that this was going to happen because the internet is designed for that to happen. But then when social media as it exists now finally came into full bloom, right, then it, it sort of enabled everybody to get involved. Now, we started seeing some of this crop up when we saw like bulletin even the bulletin board systems the pre-internet bulletin board systems had this and then we had bulletin boards on the internet you know people would post information and everybody could see it and everybody could participate in the conversation that was sort of a predecessor to social media and one thing that i noticed right away was that you didn't have any control over what other people would say about your stuff and what other people said about your stuff was actually way more important so it's more important now because it, you know, word of mouth has always been very important, but it took time, yeah. it took a lot more time for word of mouth to spread. Now word of mouth can spread like wildfire in you know in an hour, right? I mean, you can learn about a story mm-hmm. that just occurred with I mean, that happens so fast. And that that story has big impact. Now, there's a whole very sophisticated conversation we can have about that, right? About how much influence do you have on the mind of the consumers as opposed to the other people that are talking about you. And part of that's a mental game that you have to play. Okay. But so that's the first fundamental, most important change. Okay. Is that this emphasis on many to many has improved Mm -hmm. and the volume of participation of other people has radically increased. Right. So the second thing is something that's sort of, you know, corollary to that. And that is the amount of influence that the crowd conversation has on that. Okay, now, the third thing that I would say is, and and there are probably other things that we could talk about here that are just as significant, but I wanna point something out that a lot of people are not aware of. Um, More people became aware of this during the 2016 election. We started to find out, hey, is it true that Russians are like, like creating bots and troll farms to try to sway conversations, what do we mean by that? What we mean is that there were people that were paid to enter that now elevated and importance conversation, and to shape yeah. the conversation in certain ways. So basically, what we have is we had people lying to people, pretending that they were real people when they were just fake, you know, fake accounts. Now, uh, yeah, they're bots, bots or uh, shills. Right. So a shiller, what some mm. people would call, back in the old days we used to call a sock puppet. Right. You know, it was like, you know, imagine you put a sock on your hand and you draw a face on it. it's like, you know, hi, I'm Joe. Right. And it's like, you see Mark's lips moving, but it's Joe. Right. So what yeah. people would do is they would create a sock puppet account. So like on the bulletin boards, they would go to the bulletin board and sign up for a different account. And there are guys who would sign in with about five or six different, you know, sock puppet identities and create the appearance of a conversation. So this has actually been going on for a long time. And I can tell you matter of factly that this is going on, it has been going on since the earliest days of the internet because I've seen it from multiple directions. It's only in 2016 that we became aware of it. And it's only in 2016 that this became a, co- a thing that people were consciously talking about, like, hey, wait, and they started questioning, hey, wait a minute, who is that uh, that I'm actually talking to? Is that a real person? Is that a fake account? And then corporations have to ask themselves, hey, what do I do about this? There are companies out there that might be creating negative buzz about me with these fake accounts. How do I respond right. to them, right? So those three things all together um, have radically changed the early, the, the early you know, introduction of the internet was mostly one-to-many communication. I would post a web page, you would read it, maybe you would buy my stuff, maybe you would just read my stuff, that was it, right? Now, yeah. it's, it's, got, it's gotten far more complicated.
0: Wow, wow, so cool. So, uh, the follow up question I have right now in my mind is probably you know what happened today was crazy. We had like major outrage out there around Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, like so many things happened today. And again, Uh, It's been told that never rely on one traffic source, which is crazy. And uh, for anything we do and like how even like for you, like how you transition and now we are in this like kind of a digital space or like internet space right now with so many social media, as you mentioned, how people should go in and adapt and survive for the next thing. Because like, obviously there's going to be some other thing that's going to come up. It's going to be some other source medium, how people survived in the past and how people can go in and adapt for the future in this space.
1: Would it be all right if I recommended a book to people?
0: Yeah, for sure, 100%. Okay,
1: so the, the long answer is I wrote a book about exactly that, it's my latest book and it's available for free. It's called wow. Your Roadmap yourroadmaptomoney.com is the, the website. Um, and so basically the premise of this book is that we are entering a period of unprecedented uncertainty. And unpredictability. Okay. So, if you're entering an era where uncertainty and unpredictability is baked into the whole program, what do you do? Okay. So, before I talk a little bit about what you need to do, okay, because there, there are several things that you need to do, but you need to really deeply understand the background. And that's what the book gets into. Um, what, for people who download it, they're going to see that it's 347 pages. Most people read it in one or two sittings. Okay. That's lot, lots of pictures you know, big type, it's written to be easy to understand. There's a lot of information in there, a lot of stuff that you need to know that you need to get to, to really function and even survive today. Um, but don't be intimidated by that, because I you know, spent a lot of time making it so that it's, it's really easy to absorb. Awesome. But the thing that I want you to get is this, OK? Um, everything in the world is growing exponentially right now. So let's talk about the difference between an exponential and a linear growth curve. Okay? So a linear growth curve is like hey, every year we add we put $500 in the bank, right? So next year I have $1,000, next year I have $1,500, and then $2,000, $2,500. That's a linear growth curve. Okay? Yeah. When you start putting interest into the equation, now we're looking at at, you know, one form of an exponent. Okay? An exponential growth curve, instead of looking like this, looks like this, okay? So the exponential growth growth curve might go like that, The the, the or the, the linear growth curve will go like this, the exponential growth curve will go like this, and you'll see that the exponential growth curve will radically outpace the linear growth curve once it hits a certain point, okay? So it's gonna start out kind yeah. of slow, and then it's gonna sh- start shooting up and then outpace the linear growth curve. Let's look at this another way one of the ways that exponential growth has been manifesting is the amount of information in the stream of information available in the world right now so eric schmidt in 2005 famously said that by 2003 we were entering as much information every day into the stream as we had Mm -hmm. added from the beginning of recorded history to the beginning of 2003. So back then, it was about five exabytes a day, okay? Five exabytes of data, all right? That's, I think, 10 to the 18th, something like that, okay? So now, here's what's interesting. So every single day, so we were adding just as much information. So I want you to really, really visualize this, okay? Imagine you take all of the information that had been written and recorded From the dawn of recorded history to the beginning of 2003, take all of that information, put that in a bucket. Okay. Towards the end of 2003, every single day, we were putting that much information into the stream every day. Wow. Okay. Now the rate at which that is, it's, we haven't just been adding five exabytes a day since then, the rate at which we have been adding information has been growing as well. That's what exponents are all about. I don't know how much information we're putting in the stream on a day-to-day basis now. It's some redonkulous number. Okay. So that's, that's the power of exponential growth. Now this has actually been going on since the beginning of recorded history. The period of time in between a paradigm shift has been cutting itself in half. Okay. So what's a paradigm shift when we, when we went from being hunter gatherers to being an agricultural uh, uh, species. That was a paradigm shift. And in fact, agriculture, one could say, is the beginning of all civilization. So that if, we, if we didn't have agriculture, there's no way we would have formed cities. That's what civilization is, is yeah. basically food. Okay? So there have been many, many paradigm shifts throughout history. The period of time in between each paradigm shift has been cutting itself in half over time. Okay so maybe the first big paradigm shift was discovering fire right you know then maybe it was you know stone age right then maybe agriculture who knows what what the 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 actual order is historians are going to argue about that right but we know that that time has been cutting itself in half that means that the pace of technological advancement has been doubling okay we're at a point now where paradigm shifts are occurring in some field or another every single day that's the world that we're in right now in fact there are paradigm shifts that have occurred in the last twenty years that are changing everything about the entire fabric of, of our existence that most people don't even know. For example, I'll just ask you, RJ, do you know what graphene is? No. Okay, you're a super smart guy. I know that, right? You're you're very well educated. Okay, here's the thing. This isn't a. I'm not saying this to like to poke to poke at you and go, yeah. oh, look at that, RJ doesn't know this thing. No, there's tons of stuff that I don't know either. Right? in fact there's enormous volumes of stuff that i'm not even aware of graphene is something that's going to absolutely change the way the world exists okay and, and it's one example of a larger phenomenon called the nanomaterial revolution and i can talk we can get, go to a, a, a rabbit hole about what graphene is and about what an enormous paradigm shift it is but i'll give you a little a little hint of this do you remember the yeah. periodic table the periodic table elements. Yeah. okay so the nanomaterial revolution, the implication of that is that behind the periodic table, there's another periodic table. And behind that one, there's another mm-hmm. one. And behind that one, there's another one and another one and another one. So carbon, which is the base of graphene, all right, pencil lead, right, is basically yeah. it. it's not lead, right? It's not that's a different thing, but we call it pencil lead. It's really carbon. Okay. When you strip it down to a single atomic layer, what we discovered was that it has completely different behavioral properties from normal carbon. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred times the tensile strength of steel, and one-tenth the weight, okay? And And it has the potential to be a room temperature superconductor of electricity. This nanomaterial alone has the potential to transform our very existence. And this was discovered over 20 years ago. And most people, even super smart guys like you, RJ, are not even remotely aware that this is happening, even though there's a patent war, going on. And this isn't an insult to you in any way. This is just an artifact of the world that we live in right now. So what I'm trying to point out is that if a super smart guy like RJ cannot be aware of one of the most important paradigm shifting discoveries that have happened in the last 20 years, then what does that mean? What that implies is that we are entering a world where so much uncertainty is afoot. It, the, the uncertainty is way beyond what most people can even comprehend, and that's what the roadmap is all about. So what do you do? So this is a long-winded way of answering your question, because you ask, you're asking a super important question. here. So what do you do when you, when you can wake up tomorrow to discover that your marketing model or your entire business model itself has been rendered obsolete? How do you structure your life to not be at the mercy of that? Mm. Okay. Yeah. So the, the first thing, so I'll give you guys one of the keys, because we don't have enough time today to go into all of it. But one of the first things that you need to understand is that you need to develop independence from the big tech marketing platforms. Okay. True. So I'll give you a really good example why. I know a lot, and you've probably heard this story yourself, RJ, from a lot of the entrepreneurs that you've talked to. And I'll tell you one about Russell Brunson here in a minute, which is very similar to this. So you've probably heard of people who go and they build this really fantastically successful business and it's been based on Facebook and then Facebook changes one of their rules or they, they just, you know, ban the account for some reason and they don't tell you why, right? And then the guy wakes up and he's like, whoa, I thought my business was successful and now I'm completely out of business because Facebook was my only source of advertising. Okay. Yeah, True. Cool. That, that's a dangerous, dangerous situation to be in. okay? So you need to develop independence from the big tech marketing platforms. This is one of the things that we call the three essential hedges you get into in the, in the book, okay? Now, I'll tell you a Russell Brunson story. So back when, when I first knew Russell, was, I knew Russell was gonna be extremely successful. He didn't know it yet, but I did, right? Um, Russell had a lot of the right stuff, okay? And some of that right stuff is that he was very diligent He was honest. He had a crazy work ethic when he did high school wrestling, which I recommend to anybody, by the way, right. You know, wrestling programs are some of the most physically arduous and it will prepare your mind for the difficulty of business. Okay. I knew that Russell had the pedigree. All right. Okay. So I spent time like helping Russell. Yeah. Russell. One of the early successes that he had was he was making a lot of money with Google adsense. So back then, it was really easy to make a lot of money with Google AdSense because what people would do is they would just spin up you know, garbage websites and then submit them to Google and then sell ads back to Google, <laughs> right? And so after a while, Google got really smart about this. and They said, oh, hey, wait a minute. These guys are basically polluting our search engine. As a guy who started one of the early search engines, I know what a serious problem this is for search engines. You've got to filter out all the garbage. There's lots of, of garbage information out there so google changed their algorithm and one day the all of these websites that were making a lot of money with google adsense were shut down and i warned russell about this long before it happened i said i said russell i said it's great you're making money with these guys but i'm telling you right now you need to start building your email list because one day this thing that you're doing it's going to go away and he's like well really like why would it you know like everything seems to be fine i'm like dude please trust me on this and i said just start building your email list right now you're going to thank me for it later he says, well, okay, like Mark hasn't screwed me wrong yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to trust what he says. He started doing that. And you, you probably, you may have heard him tell this story. Like he, yeah, so many times. This several times, right? Cause this is a very important lesson for people to understand when Google AdSense got shut down like that. He's, he was like, well, I've got my email list. That's why Mark told me I can blast the message to my email list and start making money today. I'm not, I'm not dead. Okay. So this is why you got to have independence. From the big tech marketing platforms you have no control over what those platforms are going to do they will make a life-changing decision on your behalf and you will wake up to discover that that decision was made on your behalf you had better be ready
0: yeah wow wow this this is so cool and like as you mentioned like about ruffle's story out there that is so cool like he talked about it a lot of time around that like over the course of the time and also in his book as well I remember in his book, the initial start of the book was the storm is coming. And he always talked about this concept around, like, you know, you can't rely. And then, you know, something would happen, like another slab going to come up. He talked about this story a lot. And he was like, ah, oh, you know, I was watching other people making money. And then like Mark was talking about just build the list, you'll build, just build the list. And then some people uh, had their Google slab and over the course of time, he was just focusing on the list building. Yeah, that's, right. that's so true. So, like, uh, tell me about like simpleology, like w- what it is, and like how it's worked for other people out there. I know it's about like, more productive, like saving you more time, and like do it in other productive tasks out there in your business, in your life, in general, to be a better person, but leveraging time in most essence. So, like, uh, let us know about that.
1: Well, you know, simply put, what simpleology is, is it's a chaos management tool. You know, mm. I don't like to say it's an information management tool or a productivity tool because there are lots of tools like that out there. And, and yeah, most of them don't work, right? <laughs> you know, so um, and, or they're not very effective. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a competitor, you know, but because I, I created these things because I saw that most of the solutions out there just didn't solve the real problem. So one thing I was explaining to you earlier about this, this you know, exponential growth of information, this is something that I saw you know, I saw the the writing on the wall about this, and I realized, man, most of the people that I know in business who are having problems don't need more marketing solutions. They would all come to me for more marketing solutions. And I was like, man, after talking to you, you've got plenty of great marketing ideas. You don't need my marketing ideas. What you need is to unjack your productivity, because your productivity is horrible, you know? And, And then as I started digging into that, I discovered that most of the productivity problems were basically from you know bad information management and that bad information management came from all of this chaos and people not knowing how to manage themselves in the, in the face of that chaos so simple helps you figure out like what is actually meaningful for me to do today so it's a decision tool of like whittling through all that information it's like sifting and going ah i've sifted through all the crap here's two gold nuggets that i need to focus on today all of the garbage is now sifted away Here's what I need to focus on. That's actually going to move the needle. Here's what's going to bring me closer to what I want to accomplish in my life. That's what, in the simplest mm. sense, simple life does for people. And when we started it over, God, I guess like 17 years ago now, um, it's, uh, you know, it has evolved a lot. But, the, you know, it was intended to solve that initial problem because back then the problem wasn't as, as big as it is now. But I knew that it was going to become bigger and bigger and bigger. So a lot of my companies that I like to build, I like to be you know forward thinking. Obviously, I mean obviously, you know when I first published ebooks, people are like nobody's gonna buy ebooks. You know I have a lot of famous authors yeah. who even said that you know which I, I won't who I won't embarrass, um, but I got a lot of that right. So in simpleology, you know a lot of people see it and they're like well that's not really a problem for me. But then years later they're like oh hey, I need your stuff now because I'm starting to see that this is a bigger problem. Okay, so we have a lot of business tools built into simpleology as well, but primarily it helps people figure out. You know, what's, you know, how do you, how do you know what's important in your life? And then how do you, how do you make that happen? Right. And that's a simple question to ask, but not an easy question to answer. And Mm simpleology gives people sort of a step-by-step process that they can go through every day to know, oh, okay, oh, I do this. Yeah, that makes sense. Now I'm going to feel, rather than feel overwhelmed and be pushed by everybody else's agenda throughout my day, I'm going to do what's really important for me to move the needle towards what I want in my life.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is, this is so cool. Well, Mark, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. I will add up all of the resources out there in the comment section down below and also in show notes, uh, also the book link and also Symbolology's website so people can check out. I know they have like a free plan as well for them to go and like walk, walk through the, and let's just move on and go for the other paid plans as well. So like where people can get, uh, into your world as well and follow you and throughout the time. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm not that active on social media, really. Um, I I post on Facebook from time to time and that's about, you know, I I do that just kind of for fun. I don't, so guys, don't, don't model my social media strategy. I, I try to stimulate people's thinking with my social media and that's about, about what I do. Um, So again, please don't use that as a marketing model. Uh, But if you want to follow that kind of stuff, you can just go to facebook.com forward slash Mark Joyner personal, right? That's the, where I'm most active on social media. But really, if you want to, you know, know what we're doing in the business, go to simpleology.com, sign up there, and uh, you know, people can start a free trial and, and all of that. And that's where they'll be, you know, tapped in. Cause that's the primary
0: uh, business. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thank you so much. So, like any last thing that you want to say, Mark, before we round the show up?
1: Yeah, I, I I would like to give people a very dire warning. Okay. So the fact that you are entrepreneurs is great right now. Um, yeah. You are ahead of the game because I will tell you right now, there are many people in the world who are going to wake up in the coming you know months and years to find that their jobs have been erased. And it's not just lockdowns and things like that. It's going to be the pace of technology itself. In fact, the roadmap was warning about a lot of the stuff that we've seen happen over the last year and a half. You know, it was you know right on time, like right when that came out. A lot of the stuff you know that I was warning about started happening immediately. Um, I don't like being right about that stuff because they're they're difficult things for people to manage. One of the things that's going to happen is jobs are going to be made obsolete through automation, artificial intelligence, robotics, things like that. Um, there are many, many different vectors that are going to be changing the, the landscape for everyone. Yeah. But historically, we can't rely on our governments to provide for all of us. Governments have been faced with these challenges in the past. They often uh, um, lead to catastrophe because governments are not fast enough the united states government for example is built to be inefficient okay it's does it by design it's intended to be inefficient so that we could slow down the efforts of any would-be tyrants all right um mm. so what we have to realize is that we've got to take matters into our own hands and part of that is going to be entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is going to give you a truer lifeboat if you will in these tumultuous waters than any job would or any handout from the government because you're not going to be able to rely on those government handouts take your business seriously we are in an era right now where the success of your business is a life or death thing and i'm not saying that to be hysterical or to make you be fearful but to make you wake up and say holy shit! i'd better really really start building my business and not just joke around about it, not just read a bunch of stuff and watch a whole bunch of videos and not do anything. Really, really do it. <laughs> okay. You know, and that means taking the correct action every day, not getting bogged down in all the excess information, not getting overwhelmed, not falling down research holes to wake up a month later to discover that you haven't actually accomplished anything. Actually do stuff, real stuff to build that business, start making money with it, start doing it as if the life. Of yourself and your family depends on it because it does
0: <laughs> yeah wow that that is so awesome well mark thank you so much for being on the show today it was absolutely an honor to have you on the, on our show
1: great to be here thank you rj
0: awesome guys thank you so much for watching and we're definitely going to see you guys in the next episode until then thank you so much for listening to the podcast i would like to ask you how would you like to dream 100 the people who have the target audience you need To speed up your success just like I'm doing every single day if you want to do that or if you are that person who want to speed up your whole process of how you can actually get the traffic from your dream 100 I have a masterclass called the dream 100 masterclass where I'll show you not only the strategies of how to ethically dream 100 but implement it as well so just go to the dream 100 masterclass.com it's the dream 100 masterclass.com and I will see you guys